Body language. It's a very uh, sexual song. I think I know that. That's what it's called. Body language. I mean, it's Freddie Mercury. Freddie <laughs> Mercury. Mercury? Mer- Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Mercury. <laughs> It sounds like a rejected Greek god. Mercalus. <laughs> no, but how do you say it? Like, Mercury. Mer- Mercury. Mercury. Yes. Mercury. Mercury. Yes. You add like six more syllables to it for no reason. <laughs> just Mercury. Mercury. Okay. Well, are you ready? As I'll ever be. <laughs> okay. So. How's my intro go again? Hello, listeners. Welcome to Winging It, the unplanned podcast with Tony Ramirez. And today I am joined by a very special guest today. Um, she is not only my girlfriend, but kind of uh, my manager at the moment um, in time. And um, I am joined with my great girlfriend, Natalie. I've already said that twice, but here she is. Yay. The great, great girlfriend. The great, great girlfriend. Since I was introduced twice, I am the great, great girlfriend. Uh, I see. Or the great girlfriend, great girlfriend, Natalie. Okay. Well, Natalie, first before we wing it, how's your day been today? Uh, It's been okay. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of rough, but that's okay. (laughs) I did watch a couple movies, though, so I got that under my belt. Yeah, we discussed this earlier today. Would you watch Dodgeball? Dodgeball. Vince Vaughn, and then... Ben Stiller. Yeah. Wait, wait, you actually never explained to me what the second movie you watched was. Step Brothers. Oh, Step Brothers. I did explain it to you, and you said, I haven't watched it. And I said, you should watch it. It's a funny movie. (laughs) Excuse you. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, basically, like I was saying, it's a funny movie, and you should watch it. And then you were like, yeah, it is a funny movie. And then I just kind of looked at you because I was like, how do you know you haven't watched it? And then that was the end of the conversation. Yeah. So that's on you. I am sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't like the sass that you give me. I introduce you to this. You know what? I'm bringing back Mason. <laughs> yeah, screw of- Natalie. Get Mason on the podcast again. I mean, I do. But- I know. <laughs> I know. I was there. <laughs> anyway, so. Like we usually do, people actually really liked on the last episode um, the idea of the wheel. Um, But one thing I do want to uh, address before we get to the wheel is that Natalie has also made a link tree. Yes, I made a link tree. Yes, you can find it on my main Instagram or the Winging It podcast Instagram. Um, Just... Go search that up and just follow the link tree. It has all the links to this podcast, to a website that she created, and also links for Q&As. So any questions that you have, I might do a Q&A soon. And also stuff on the wheel. Now, right now, I do not have a physical wheel because I am broke. 
I spent all my money on this pretty good $50 microphone. Um, but the plan is to actually get a wheel and to have a lot of topics on there. So not only will we include what we want to talk about on to the wheel, but we also want your guys' opinion, stuff like that. It could be as abstract. It could be as specific. You don't know. I don't know. But it would just be fun. So if you want to do that, please go check out the link tree. (laughs) What? I don't know. It's just I've never heard someone be so excited about the uh, link tree. (laughs) It just has links to everything. I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. I'm glad you like it. (laughs) Okay. But are you ready to see what your wheel has consisted that I have compiled for you? Let's play wheel of... Oh, that's illegal. That's copyright. <laughs> you cannot say that phrase. Uh, Alex we Tre- love winging it. Wait, it's not Alex Trebek. Pat Sajak will bust through the door. Who? Pat Sajak. Okay, so obviously I've never uh, actually watched Wheel of Fortune. Really? Yeah. Uh, go ahead with the wheel. Okay. <laughs> also, let me know also via message if you like the name of this when we get our physical wheel. Uh, last week's um, member of the podcast, a guest, that's the right word. Last week's guest, Mason Taylor, has suggested for it to be called the Winging It Wheel. So if you guys like that, please let me know. But if not, again, put it in the Q&A um, section of the link, link tree. tree and Let's just get right into it. Now, Natalie, the topics I've chosen for you are, and there's an ant on my computer, are the teen years, the teenage years of a young Natalie Lanehart and of a young Tonya Ramirez. Okay. Um, sorry, of a young Natalie and it's a okay. young Tonya Ramirez. Okay. Uh, DreamWorks. Okay. Okay. It's a solid uh, topic. Pride Month. Okay. Old Navy. You guys will never understand <laughs> Kentucky lifestyle. <laughs> and last but not least, mental health. So would you like to do the honors and spin the winging it wheel? I'm spinning it. It's going. It'd be cool if it did noises. Kentucky life. Okay. Now, Natalie, <laughs> I've visited Kentucky twice. Okay. Um, One for one month right and the other for like a week like a week yeah oh <laughs> uh, i've done a lot of things there but you've always said i've never gotten the full cut kentucky cons- conspiracy wow i can't speak let me tell you about kentucky life <laughs> it all starts with one singular triangle <laughs> Ironically, I live in the most northern part of Kentucky, which would indeed make a triangular shape. Okay, no, we're not discussing about that. But discuss for the viewers out there what actually is, um, like, the area that you actually live in. Uh, So I was raised in Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. Uh, The mayor is a dog. Can you name anything more white to me right now? (laughs) Yes, I can. Oh, really? Southern Kentucky. <laughs> Bowling Green, baby. Bowling LaGrange. Green. 
That's white. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) At least I had, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of diversity. It was sprinkled onto the area since it was south of Cincinnati, Ohio, but mostly not really. It was very white. (laughs) So, um, it was very hometowny. There was not much going on. There's a general store. You got to drive about 20 minutes to get into town and get some groceries, gas, go to the library, anything. And then it takes another 20 minutes to actually get to some kind of good civilization, like the mall that has, I think, like 10 functioning stores at this point. (laughs) It actually has 30. All of them are run down. (laughs) Most of them have the closing soon sign hanging on there, but they've been closing soon for like two years. So, I see. You know. So very soon. I guess. Yeah. I guess it depends on your concept of very soon since it's been going on for two years. What was your favorite store at the mall? My favorite store at the mall? Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. It was definitely FYE. What is FYE? It is standing for For Your Entertainment. Oof. It had a bunch of movies, uh, CDs, merchandise for those movies and CDs. It was basically like if a bargain bin was a store. It's like the tiny version of Second and Charles. Gotcha. The very, very, very tiny version of Second and Charles. Picture a justice store. You remember the... Well, you never went in there, did you? No, I never went in there. Okay, picture a mall area like Mm -hmm. a tiny mall not even like the one that's here but like an actual tiny mall store you've been in claire's right yes i have been in claire's okay remember you you tried to dare me to do a piercing in the claire's at the one near virginia tech see that would have been funny you would have gotten an ear infection immediately though so that's not so funny i don't know claire seemed like they got it down you know, I don't think that there's anything more they got scary. That, they got that hydrogen peroxide. They got that um that 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 cream. They use that little Kleenex tissue to sanitize everything. <laughs> they use a Clorox wipe to wipe it down. <laughs> they said it's good. It's, it's fine. Good. I've got it. Uh, I but feel yeah, bad so- for like to actually see the guys that actually do the ear piercing and their girlfriends being like, yes. <laughs> that has to be the absolute worst experience. I think I remember I did that when I was like nine. I was like, I want to get my ears pierced. And then literally two days later, I had like this giant ear infection that was like oozing pus. It was great. Yeah. And the earring got stuck in there. Mm. It was great. Anyway, so it is the size of Claire's. Okay. But it's second in Charles. That that actually sounds not that. That is your type of store, though. It is. Because one thing I know about you is that you get overwhelmed really easily. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there has to be a limit to stuff. But everything's like super cheap. So it was really ideal. Like I said, I it's, like a, it's like if a bargain bin was a store. Exactly. Yeah. But strictly for your entertainment. Why'd you wink at me? Because <laughs> it's called for your entertainment. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, gotcha. That's supposed to be... It was a joke. Oh. Play on words. I see. I just go talk about stuff now. Anyway. <laughs> so that was my favorite store in the mall. There wasn't much else to do in Florence, so we uh, avoided it most of the time. Yeah. The hot spots of Florence are going to the IHOP, going to the Walmart... 
like a typical day yeah not even i mean typical day i would go to work so (laughs) well not just for entertainment though but i feel when we met and when we went to each other's places of housing throughout our years um (laughs) we kind of looked at like the area and we kind of well i saw yours as really interesting because one thing that you know is like i love to see new like views and like new things to like go with so like i thought it was really cool that you actually had a horse you know where you guys lived and just like open feel like it was new to me because i've the closest thing i've ever gotten to that was when i was younger and when i visited my family down in mexico and you know they would have the rancheros and stuff like that so that would be really cool so it kind of reminded me stuff like that so i thought it was really cool but when you came here you were like (laughs) (laughs) so what why would you say that like this is eh. like what would you prefer in Kentucky more than you prefer right now in the eh, it would be like suburban lifestyle uh that's exactly the eh part about it it is suburban lifestyle so it's like not good not bad it's just I am a very much rural person I'm not like a farm girl but I don't like living in a bunch of townhomes or suburbia, as they like calling it. You want land. I like my privacy. <laughs> I like leaving the door unlocked at night. <laughs> I, I'm still, we're still not having that happen. No, but like, I love how you say, well, let's have our privacy. You could have as much private space as you want. You could just hear one crinkle in the house and you're like, damn it, my privacy. <laughs> like, I can hear things way too easily but I'm also deaf. Death, yeah. So it's fine. But if anything, it's more so of the fact that I was raised on a 63-acre land where I was constantly outside playing in the dirt, climbing trees, and I would ride around on my horse and I would have fun. And then I'd come here and the front lawn is a parking lot and the back lawn is uh, about, what, 10 steps and then a hill and then a parking lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, you know, one thing I've always realized is that when people do like come from rural areas and then come to like suburban or city life, they're always judgmental. I feel it's like, just you so know, loud. you know, it, well, like, you know, the stereotype of like, you know, when city people go into the rural areas, you know, you just picture somebody, you know, from the city and just like don't want to get anything there and they're like oh my god look it's a cow ah stuff like that but it's like the complete opposite for the rural area and what you describe right now is kind of like similar to what it was but your main complaint is that it's just too loud or it's crowded it's loud people are nosy i feel like you'll find nosy people anywhere that's very true i could tell you lots of stories about my neighbors Mm. but at that point, you just get the BB BB gun. There you go. You get the BB gun and you just start shooting at the tires. Boom. They go away. Real easy. Have you um, ever actually shot a tire? Oh. With a BB gun, yes. With a real gun, definitely not. I do not shoot real guns. But our neighbors were weird and mm-hmm. horrible. So. One thing I really want to do to impress, like, 
we ever like meet some of your rural neighbors and they're just like, do you shoot? Just get out my bow and arrow because I did get that merit when I was a boy scout. Ah, yes. My boy scout boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, I I was in the boy scouts for four years. I like I think. how you look to me as if yeah. I know. Yeah. You remembered me like 10 years ago, right? No, but yeah, Definitely. I was a boy scout. And honestly- one of my favorite trips was actually at like a group camp and it was actually really fun. But other than that, looking back at it, I, you guys, you ever feel like stuff when you did as a kid wasn't like, you didn't like have any sus, but then when you grow up and you relive those like memories, you feel like you were in a cult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've definitely had those moments. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just, <laughs> It's just so weird to like think that I went to this random house. It had a one basketball net with a cracked road, and it was just this previous army guy. And the lead of the tribe was his son, who's serious all the time, never smiled in his life unless like he was making like a nom joke. Of all the jokes, <laughs> yes. Um, Let's joke about nom. But and here's the thing, I did have my fun, but I honestly think that I was just a part of the Boy Scouts also just to make friends because my mom was like, ah, he's kind of lonely. Only things that he has is like his soccer teammates and that's it. And guess who's one person that was connected to that Boy Scout group? One of my soccer teammates. (laughs) She said, sign him up. (laughs) (laughs) That's a commitment right there. I did, yeah, but I did get a lot of merits, though. I got, like, I got my archery merit. That's one of the things I was really proud of. I almost, I was four points away from a perfect score, which is good for me. I won't talk about the distance, but it was close to a perfect score. Nice. Yeah. um, I know nothing about Boy Scouts. All I know is that if you go for long enough, you're an Eagle Scout. You got to do all kinds of crap for it. You see... And what's weird is that with Boy Scouts, I do kind of understand the premise of it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like one of those things where, like, you learn life skills and you're just learning. Yeah, you're just learning. It's a good way to get scholarship money. Yeah, yeah, a very good way to get scholarship money. Take notes, everyone. Yes. Become a Boy (laughs) Scout. And then. um, Start out young. That way you don't have so much to catch up on. And then just don't be. And we won't go into that. But anyway. Um, <laughs> don't be. <laughs> just don't be. <laughs> yes. But anyway, along with like the Boy Scout, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like with minor tweaks, it could be something like actually useful. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like opposed to other ways of like you know like of like other groupings and i'm not talking about like sports but i'm talking about like like through church and stuff like that i i do agree that like that could be useful but like i i want like kids to actually express what they want to and like be able to like have the ability to like choose what they want to do yeah but with boy scouts it's kind of like oh it's the boy scout code you gotta listen to the boy scout code where like there's like just like this one guy who's the lead of the camp who always smells and 
I, I just remember that, like, it just, like, I remember, like, my boy Scott Lee told me that, like, he didn't take a shower in, like, three weeks or something like that. That's commitment. Yeah, that's He commitment. said, I don't want the bears to eat me. I'm going to smell really bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but yeah. But did you have a lot of, like, Boy Scout troops in Kentucky? I don't know. Oh, really? You just didn't vibe with them at all? They freak me out. Yeah. They look like little little minions. If you were to describe the most common type of person that you would walk around, uh, would see walking around Kentucky. Who- the most common person that I would see is the white woman with the terribly bleached highlights in her auburn hair, as they like to call it, with the thick rimmed sunglasses that said uh, like it was supposed to say coach, but they were knockoffs. And she would have the low cut V-neck shirt and always a blue cami for some reason underneath. Like a cami, camo? Oh, cami. No, cami, like a tank top. For some reason, I thought you were trying to do the abbreviation of camo and I'm like, cami? Oh. (laughs) And you know, those really, uh, okay, let me. You know the jeans that have all the bedazzling on the pockets mm-hmm. and they have the thick white um, sew seam on the side? Mm-hmm. They would always wear those. And it was either those with Crocs or those with really, really clean boots mm. showing that they definitely have never ridden a horse in their life mm-hmm. or they have going out boots, as I like to call them. Mm-hmm. Which are just cheap boots yeah. for going out. Speaking of riding a horse, are you excited to actually see me ride a horse for the first time when we go back to Kentucky? I think it'll be entertaining. I feel like I'm just going to master it. I mean, it's really not that hard. Horse Master 67. That's what they call me. 67? I don't know why you 67. You just picked a random number? Just 67, yeah. You said Google Random Generate? 67. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's just... It was really coming to you, apparently. I'll have it on a t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. Horse Master? Yeah. 67. Yes. Sounds like a great username to me. It's going to be Marker. <laughs> great. It'll look even better. Yeah. I'll get you a belt buckle once you uh, master the canter and the jogging and the trotting. It'll say Horse Master 67 Mastery Class. Have we already talked that long? Yeah. Are those seconds or minutes? Minutes. Nice. Did you not expect us? Well, I I know we already talked this long anyway on a normal basis. Exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Just sipping your tea. You don't have to lie to them. I'm not sipping tea. I know. She's sipping cran mango. It's the best juice. Very big juice lover. She is. Yes. I love juice. Yes. It's very tasty. Mm -hmm. I do not like orange juice, but I like apple juice. Cranberry juice sucks. Cran mango's great. Uh, Cran apple's okay. I mean, I've always, when I was growing up, I actually dated Kool-Aid, which was probably not the best thing. Like, it was Kool-Aid. It was those Gatorade bottles that you could twist the top and squirt it into your mouth. Both of those always made me throw up. Oh, well, (laughs) I'm not you. But anyway, um, 
<laughs> no, I just really enjoyed those. I I had one really obsessive point. Like it was an addiction of squirting those Mio squirts. You know the what you know the yeah. flavored syrup that they you could squirt in water? I love those and it tasted so good and I would legit have eight water bottles a day just filled with Mio. And I would use the like a third to a half of Mio inside one water bottle. How much Mio are you actually supposed to use? It should just be two pumps. Oh, you were going all in. Yeah. You said, I want the Mio, not the water. Yeah. You might as well just chug the little packets or whatever they're called. Yeah. It's just, I might as well just squirt it into my That's mouth at that saying. point. Yeah. Yeah. Just. <laughs> My addiction, Mio shots, breakfast, me, breakfast. <laughs> Suddenly you're carrying all these Mios on your shirt. You're like, yes. I wear like one of those like hats that they have. And there's like me, like those hats that you could like sip out of. And there's two Mios on the side of it. And I just walk around <laughs> with like just two Mios. You got like, this, the swirly straws too attached to it. Exactly. Just to make sure it and, really pe- and people are like, what are those? And you're like, you want to try? There's like a way to detach it and like squirt the Mio and then just put it back in i thought it'd be really cool if i got you crazy straws spelling out your name one time Ooh, that'd be nice but i didn't buy it obviously otherwise you would have had it by now but now that i know that you're interested i can get that for you yeah i mean i'd be down i love crazy straws crazy stars were amazing i could get it to say something else horse master 67 it's going to be a long way for me to drink that. <laughs> Perfect. It's going to be a minute. It hasn't even reached. The, You're like, oh, it hasn't it even goes. reached the S on horse. You're like, dang it, I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Just constantly That's, sipping. My throat's going to get gains, though. <laughs> Just like, think about it. <laughs> I'm going to be de- more dehydrated once it gets in my mouth. You thought you were dehydrated before. Now get ready for the crazy straw. (laughs) Speaking of crazy, are you ready to crazily go on to the next topic? Did you like that transition? (laughs) Can I be honest? Yes. No, I did not like that transition. Well, too bad. We're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I can't stop you. Yeah. Do you want to do the honors and do it? Uh, sure. I hated the last topic because Kentucky life's actually really boring. I'm sorry. I'm it's so- okay. That's, know, why, that's what why happens. Why do you think I moved? Well, that's what happens when you just wing it. You know what I mean? Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, what happened in your teenage years, Natalie? <laughs> what didn't happen in my teenage years? <laughs> that's the real question. <laughs> Now, <laughs> um, so with your teen years, there's a couple things that, you know, has transferred to now, Natalie. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> the music tastes. Yeah. What was your main music then and what's your still main music now? When are we starting teen years? Like as soon as I turned 13 or what you would define as my actual formative teen years? What is your deform? deform- <laughs> deform- I've been deformed the whole time. <laughs> no, um, I don't know what age, like, like range are you talking about? Like, is your actual teen years? So 13, 14, I feel like never counts because you're ignorant and you're transferring from middle school to high school. And that's 
See, I I would disagree. I would feel like it was that's the beginning because that like kind of defines what it is. Well, I'll just do both. Okay, I can do middle school teen years and high school teen years Mm -hmm. to college teen years because I hit college at eighteen, so those still technically count. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those good college teen years. So my middle school music taste was strictly Ed Sheeran. Um, what are they called? Cheerios? Yes, Cheerios. Uh, I was very the obsessed with them. one and only Cheerios. Sorry. What? Is that a commercial? Yeah, it's a Cheerios commercial. You know, it's like, with well, the one and only Cheerios. Any listeners out there who know what I'm talking about, y'all are cereal fans. Big up the cereal. <laughs> See, I really like Cheerios. I just didn't know they had their own little theme song. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I really... can play for you if you no, want. No, it's okay. okay. I, I'll pass. Um, I like looking at the little honey nut guy, though. He's cute. Little bee. The bee? <laughs> yeah, he's cute. Anyway, so I listened to a lot of Ed Sheeran. Uh, that's when I was really getting into Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So I listened to a lot of the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. That And speaking of Lord of the Rings, we need to do that movie marathon. Yes, we do. The whole the whole two trilogies the two trilogies of the hobbit what was it like over like almost 20 hours worth of film yeah it's a lot of movie yes definitely takes a while um i also really got into my emo phase starting in my eighth grade year Mm -hmm. so meaning emotional yes something that i just realized like a couple months ago (laughs) Um, so while my friends were listening to Blood on the Dance Floor and Falling in Reverse and, uh, Black Veil Brides, their early stuff, I was listening to Panic at the Disco, My Chemical Romance. Um, I was really into Slipknot for some reason and Of Mice and Men. And, uh, I kind of kept that for a little while. And then that transformed into my high school music taste, which was immaculate in my personal opinion um so i transferred that to being more into like taking back sunday the killers blink 182 green day still listen to panic at the disco still listen to my chemical romance oh my gosh so you're a brendan yuri fan no he can die Um, (laughs) respectfully, of course, uh, don't want to wish any death threats on anyone anyway. Uh, so I got into blue October, my freshman year, and I did start listening to the front bottoms in my eighth grade year, but I didn't get super into them until the end of my freshman year of high school. And they were my favorite band. Let's talk more about the front bottoms, shall we? Okay. So, uh, if y'all don't know what the front bottoms are, they are the best of worst bands of introduction that I think I've ever had. Um, they, you know, the people who think that they are very revolutionary in the way they say stuff, but like they just fall flat. Kind of like me. That. Picture like me saying this podcast, setting up this podcast and turning it into a band. That's the front bottoms. Now, I know I just roasted myself and 
the people who probably think that this is a good podcast. But that's the point. Some people actually think this is good. And that's why you love it, too. <laughs> I don't know if that made sense. Apparently I probably told you was roasting my taste. I probably just wasted like 30 seconds of people's time with just trying to do a mental map of what I was trying you to said, say. Basically, I suck. And yeah. then uh, we moved on. So, yeah. Personally, I disagree. But that's okay. <laughs> what's your favorite part of the front bottoms? And what song would you recommend the people that listen to? The best song that I could possibly recommend for someone to listen to. It depends on what kind of music you're into. If you're into alternative pop punk as the actual genre, I recommend listening to the song Maps. However, if you like... At least it's less- better than Maroon 5's Maps. Oh, God, I hate that song. I know, right? What happened to Maroon 5? They just released a new album. Really? Yeah, I saw it on Spotify, and I said, okay, and then I didn't listen to it. I've never seen a (laughs) band I thoroughly loved into a band I've thoroughly hated so drastically than Maroon 5. Well, they sold out real quick, so that's on They cashed in real, They said, give me the monies. Uh, Like I was saying, though, if you want... Uh, more quality, newer pop punk. Um, I would go for anything off of their Going Gray album, but my personal favorite song off of that album is Ocean. <laughs> There's a couple other ones on there that are solid choices, like <laughs> Vacation Town. No, God. <laughs> you used to say, holy fuck. Uh, Peace Sign. <laughs> That's a good one. You know what? I'm going to put a poll <laughs> in probably the next Instagram thing. And, and like, I'll be like, if you listen to the front bottoms from this episode podcast, are they good? And I will reveal the things. Like, so, you know what? I'm going to do a I'm going to do a question of the day for this podcast. Is the front bottoms good? Okay, Please. But here's mess- the thing. What? Here's the thing. If they don't like pop punk as the genre, they aren't going to like it at all. You see, I here's the thing. I think that... Y- People are well understanding enough to know a genre and to understand if it's a good genre or not. Okay. If you're going to listen to The Front Bottoms, I want you to compare it to Modern Baseball. If you want a good song by Modern Baseball, listen to Your Graduation. You can compare the two and then make your decision. You know what? Okay, fair enough. That's my opinion. But... Going, I know we didn't really talk about college years, but going off of, you know, teen years, what else, like, was a pillar for you during your teen years besides music? Uh, I started playing the drums, which is still technically yeah. music, but... Um, now, tell me how the drums are, because I actually don't, like, you were the first person I think I've met and knew that played the drums. And I actually feel like there's not a lot of stuff out there about like drum playing and about like the experience of drum playing i know that sounds weird but like it's actually a secret society and that's why you never heard about it like i don't know like (laughs) people never really talk about the drums that much yeah that's true um so when i was 12 my horse passed away so that was like the end of (laughs) the What a way to start my journey on the drums starts with death. This was a very important 
for a I'm dog. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for laughing. <laughs> okay. So, like I was saying, after she passed away, it felt like the end of an era, kind of, because I had spent basically my entire childhood until that point riding horses competing doing all kinds of shows and stuff so to me it was like okay so what am I gonna do now because I'm bored and you know when you're a teenager you're bound to get bored and my dad had been pressing me to learn the guitar and I hated it uh, because my hands were too tiny to hold the neck of guitar (laughs) and he was like you gotta learn an instrument and I was like okay I tried piano. I sucked. So uh, we went to a music store one time and this guy, his name is John Coffey, and he sold me my first drum set because he was banging the shit out of the drums. I said, I want to be that guy. And my dad bought me the drum set for my birthday. And I said, it's the start of an era, boys. And so I started taking drum lessons at... 14 I think with Greg Sloan drum god and that was a good time so basically you you gotta be good at the drums if you were (laughs) taught by an actual god (laughs) I like calling him a drum god but in reality he's just a cool guy well well, I kind of want to talk a little bit more more about Greg Sloan who like if people people won't know who he is, who's listening right. to this, of course. But what bands did he open for again? So he was the drummer for the band Moth, and they toured with Green Day and Blink-182 uh, back during the Warp Tour years. And um, so he got to hang out with Travis Barker and um, Trey Cool a lot back in the day, and he met a lot of cool people. And when he was touring with Blink-182, he used to tell me so many stories about how Mark Hoppus was an absolute dickwad and Tom DeLonge was really cool. And I was like, amen. So, um, but Greg's a really cool guy. He gave up his dream because he had a kid. And then now he's pursuing his dream again at the ripe age of like 50. Hey, He good, said, good I'm picking him. it up. <laughs> that that's really nice like just to know about that i i feel like you have a lot of those stories of just like something that's like really cool but simultaneously it start like i know we laughed about your horse dying right <laughs> I, I i know that was probably mal it's, it's a little depressing but yeah it's fine it is de- but here's the thing i figure i don't know if people know but like all of your like satisfying and like triumphant stories always starts with something really depressing that's very true yeah which is kind of weird because you can kind of implement that to any kind of situation because like i don't know do you believe that like to get to a high point you always have to come from like or it always starts with a low point Uh, i guess from my perspective yes yeah definitely since i'm definitely more of a pessimist it will always look like i am finally having a good moment when i'm coming out of the mud Mm -hmm. so yeah for me but i do think that you know you have to go through the shit to get to the prize yeah that's everyone yeah i know you interrupted me so i don't remember what i was saying wait did i interrupt you yeah i actually don't (laughs) i think you did but it's okay i'm sorry i think Either way, we are off topic from the drums. Yes. 
Well, yes. Uh, so continue about the. We didn't even talk about when you started playing the. We just talked about your instructor and then. Well, I said I started playing in about 2014. Yeah. So it's been a couple of years, and I had to stop because I went to school. Yeah. So college. Yeah. Yeah. College. Not not just school. And living in the dorms. No, per- you went to elementary school at the ripe age of 15. <laughs> I did not. I did not do that. No, I was sarcasm. To- oh. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, there's not much to talk about the drums other than me being like, there's a lot of cool drummers out there and I could give them a couple shout outs if you want. I mean, I don't know. This is, like I said, we're just winging it. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know what you want to know about the drums. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to see like how, I don't know. I guess I was expecting more of a like answer of uniqueness about the drums because you know how like every instrument's kind of like unique in their own way and i know it's, well, there's a lot of different percussion instruments if yeah you think about it like the drum can be separated into different parts and you have it as a set and i play it as a set mm-hmm. so i mean i did marching band for about two weeks and i quit that i played the bass drum mm. i hated it yeah what's different about the bass drum you're just playing the bass drum Oh, is it just the one where you're standing? Yeah, you have it um, on that little brace, and you have the drum in front of you, and you're literally just moving your wrists. You were a real-life drummer boy. Yep. Because you know how the drummer boy is always look, looks disproportionate to the drum that he's carrying, <laughs> and yeah. you're short ass carrying a big-ass drum. I had the smallest one, but still, it was oh. too big. So, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. 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 I guess another thing that we could talk about, uh, just to wrap this like discussion up, is an important topic. And I guess it ties into teen years, but it's more about you know June is Pride Month, mm-hmm. and um, how that went down of you being. Well, do you want to tell everybody why how I came out? Well, like no, like what <laughs> what does Pride Month mean to you? Because you are part of community you know, that it's celebrated. And I shouldn't, like, I know even me, like, talking about it right now, I don't know what the right words to say because I'm always like, I don't want to say the wrong thing and stuff like that. But why don't you take the floor and talk about just Pride Month in general and, like, what it means to you, what it means to be bisexual and, like, just your experiences and stuff like that. All right. Uh, So, obviously, everyone knows that Pride Month is in June. And it's for the entirety of the LGBTQ community. Add the plus in there as well. Um, (laughs) Add in the demigods. (laughs) Antonio thought that uh, demisexuals were actually demigods. No, well, okay. Let me explain (laughs) the story first. We were at a golden corral, okay? That's where we started. That's where we started. That's where this whole story started. And we were talking about the LGBT community. And I was like, I don't actually don't know what the plus is because I don't know everything else. And she was testing me. She was like, okay, what does the P mean? And she was like, oh, or well, not she, but I was like, oh, it's pansexual. And then, you know, I was banging them out. And then she goes to D and I didn't know what it was. I've, I've never heard of demisexuals. I don't know like who demisexuals are as a person, but I didn't know what it was, so I just said, demigod. Um, I thought it was iconic. I said, from now on, they are demigods. So, 
<laughs> that is what we refer to them as. Uh, basically, the whole Pride Month thing to me is still a very weird and not a sensitive topic, but something that I just, I've never been a part of, if that makes any sense. Because where I'm from, it was like, you don't do that kind of thing. Like, you can be any kind of sexual orientation, but you don't talk about it kind of deal. And so it wasn't like I felt oppressed, I guess, but it was just kind of like, I just didn't talk about it. And I still felt fine. Like no one attacked me or anything. You, you, you'd you say that you were one of the lucky ones when it came to coming out and just being oh, yeah. a part of the community, right? Definitely. Because I was like, yeah, I'm bi. And everyone was like, okay. And then it was like, that was it. So I definitely don't feel like the same amount of pressure that a lot of people did when they came out just because I was like, well, if I lose friends and I lose friends, but I didn't. So I just never felt the nervousness, I guess, that a lot of people feel. And what, well, I want to butt in right here because it's kind of an important topic because for many people coming out is hard because of the households they are, the friendships that they've connected. And, you know, it might take people years to discover who they truly are. So with coming out with your experience and also with other people's experience, like what are the difficulties of that and why I know we discussed how like you became lucky and stuff like that, but what are also some other factors besides being of a different sexual orientation that people might face when it comes to coming out and the difficulty of it? Well, a lot of people, it depends on what you're coming out as. So for say a trans person, it's, I feel like it's a lot more traumatic um, just because a lot of people one, they're ignorant and they don't understand the idea of not feeling comfortable in your own body, wanting to be the other gender or no gender at all, but transforming your body to be more comfortable in it. People don't get it. Um, Do you blame the people for not getting it? Because for a lot of people, it's new experience as well of just like the idea of it. No, I don't blame them, but I do think it's important to educate yourself just like everything else. You're supposed to make sure that you're educating yourself on stuff that you don't understand. That way you actually sound legitimate if you're going to sit there and make an argument. Um, So I personally feel like people who are coming out as trans have it very difficult, first of all. That's always been a very difficult topic because... Their parents are either not accepting at all, and then it's like they're completely excommunicated. A lot of um, people that are coming out as bi or as gay or lesbian or anything also face that, depending on what their household is. So any family that's very, very religious, it's very hard for them to come out because they think their parents aren't going to accept them because that's... Because what the Bible says according well, to yeah. all these people. And it's kind of weird because some people can say like, oh, but this is who I am, stuff like that. But people need to realize that they're your family also in a way. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand like, you know, about the things that go into their mind about making the decision. They think of all the scenarios that could happen and stuff like that. You can't, coming out can't really be hinted without raising suspicion what do you mean? Also, like, I feel like you can't just be like, hey, mom, what if I just said, like, you know, I liked boys? 
you know I well, that is how some people do come out yeah exactly but what i'm saying is that like you have to be straightforward with it. i don't feel like there's like a lot of ways to you know see beforehand how people are going to react right you know because yeah there's probably no leeway to that and it's hard for people not only uh, about coming out but think about like how the parents how parents could you know there are cases of just parents turning away their children just being like oh you're not this because you are of the lgbt or just that whole relationship that you've built in for years just being damaged because of that one moment yeah and i don't know it's just crazy of me of like that one decision can just ruin a household in an instant it's heartbreaking yeah. honestly because there's so many parents that are like oh i would do anything for my child i would do this i would do that and i love them and then the second that they come out it's like oh you're a horrible person you're going straight to hell you're doing this this and this. it's not just people like or instances that you've seen like online stuff like that you actually know people also that has gone through this yeah and it's a very traumatic experience for a lot of people because it's hard to not be accepted for who you are in any circumstance regardless of if it's a permanent thing or it's not i'm saying this as like um so if you're going through a phase in high school not like an emo phase or anything i'm just saying like you're going through a phase of liking something you know how something can become your personality for a while exactly and then you get rid of it yeah it's really hard to feel comfortable in your own skin to accept yourself and everything when the people that are around you are making you feel like garbage for being who you are and liking what you like you know what i mean mm -hmm. so if you look at it in detail of that is who you are you cannot change it like love is love that is it it's absolutely devastating yeah because it just ruins a person's perspective especially if they were raised with you know homophobic parents because then they question who they are and they make themselves feel horrible most of the time mm -hmm. because well they're afraid of themselves at that point yeah and and it comes to a fact also that one of the things i've seen well I'll say it right now, before I started meeting you and before I started learning about like the connections you had of you being personally by of just like just everything that has happened. I saw I, I remember instances of where I was like a little bit homophobic and not just that, but like how my like just how I was brought up was like the idea of doing anything that like would seem as in quotation gay would be shunned upon and people would like put me back in line right. of what to do. Now I can say that I'm straight, but it's weird how people, and I'm not discrediting any religion. Like you can believe what you want to believe in and anything like that. But we're talking about an actual human being here and their rights. Like you can't just have that unnoticed and just say like, oh yeah, we're just taking human rights away from people because that person likes the same sex or that person thinks of a, a different sex. It's truly like heartbreaking to just see all of that. And that's coming from somebody who was born and raised of just seeing like, oh yeah, there's just two genders, male and female, and that's it. You know? Yeah, I get you. 
it's just crazy because the people that are like the Bible pushers are always like, it's a sin, you're going to hell. And it's in the Bible, it's always been uh, every sin is the same weight. Mm-hmm. So if you have premarital sex, it's the same as me being gay, according to the Bible. But they don't talk about that. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where everything in the world is kind of pushed against minority groups just because people don't like it. And it's even harder, I think, for people of color. And it's even harder when you're a person of color and you're a woman and you're part of the LGBT community. It just, it gets worse and worse and worse. And it's it's crazy though, because you look at it and you're like, okay, yeah, we can celebrate Pride Month, but like while this whole month's going down and like I'm on TikTok and I see all these people that are like part of the LGBT community. And it's like the best way to support me is by sending me a $5,000 check. And I know that they're kidding, but it's one of those things where like, that is an actual thing that you could do to help is donating to a place that helps people get people off of the street that are of the LGBT community because they usually get kicked out of their houses because they're not accepted. And it's like, in one hand, I'm like, okay, haha, that's funny. But simultaneously, I'm like, it's this just isn't a, funny. It's just a domino effect of like different things that can go on, happen another and another. And we've seen this before. We've seen it with race. We see it now with like stuff that happened in Palestine. Everything like that is just, you know, terrible on both like whatever you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we can't just blame is just like one. I one thing I don't like to blame is just an individual person because sometimes people can't just break out of what they were been taught all their lives right i feel like it needs to start from like the top of like what education is and also what the standards of everybody that lives in a certain area is you know yeah but there's always going to be prejudice of some sort honestly um and you even see it in the community itself and it's even To me, it's harder to experience that because it's judgment from a fellow peer that you would think would be more supportive. But it just feels a little dehumanizing when they look at you and they still have like that homophobic Mm -hmm. remnant left in their brain. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go to the pride rally. And they're like, why would you do that? And it's like to celebrate, you know, and it's just one of those things Mm -hmm. where it's like you're it's always a challenge. Yeah. And again, dating you has also opened me up because I also feel like I need to support this. Well, not that I need to support this. Of course I'm supporting also because I do care about people, but it's, it, it, it hits different when I'm uh, like dating you mm-hmm. and you are a part of that community. And one of the counter arguments is like, Oh, there's also another thing when like, you know, a gay person like hitting on a straight guy. Like, yes, I understand that. But it's, and that's messed up as well. It is. But it's just, you can't use that as like validation of suppressing the rights of a whole entire group. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening to that. We kind of got a little bit sidetracked and stuff like that. Um, but we just do want to say, hopefully everybody has a happy Pride Month, all of the people out there who have yet to come out or have come out, you know. This is for you, baby. This is for you. Just make sure you guys educate yourselves. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
you know, make sure that your argument's actually valid and try to think about the fact that you're talking about a human being and that human being could literally be your brother or sister and they are just scared to come out to you. That's it. Yeah, That's all same. I got to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but thank you guys for the listeners who are still listening out there. Um, I guess I'll do the same thing that I did in the last podcast for these next couple of minutes. Would you like to shout out anything? Would you like to exclaim anything about what's been going on? Any Anything you want to say to the people who are listening right now? I want to do a little rest in peace to the DreamWorks category on the wheel. Oh. I was really hoping for it. Uh, I want to shout out Dave Grohl, Neil Peart. Uh, those are my my boys. I'd like to shout out Greg Sloan, Drum God. Probably going to send this to him. That way he can listen to it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I think that we should also shout out the... Uh, air freshener that spritzed itself a couple good times during the podcast oh yeah don't worry it's not like we're in a room that's quiet we literally have an air vent on top of us going on the cats Cats are eating cats are eating and racing all over the place so yeah shout out to them (laughs) shout out to the lgbt community and the allies and just shout out to just Shout is just like love in general. Amen. Love. <laughs> just people who make you happy in life. Just shout out to everybody. I know I wasn't supposed to do shout outs yet, but just still. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to you, listener. Yeah. Shout out to you. For being a listener. And for you just being you. And for listening to this hour long episode. So that's pretty much it. But um, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you. You. Thanks for letting me chat. Yes, of course. About my boring, traumatic, and musical years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just skipped the tragic. <laughs> just like go. We're dragging this out way too much. You're the one who has to finish it, not me. Okay, well. It's not like I say goodbye. Well, should I finish it now? Adios, amigos. Okay. <laughs> no, but this has been Tonya Ramirez, and this has been the Winging Up Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you all have a great morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. And goodbye. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey.